Arguments about nothing is brought to you by the world opening up. I'm wearing pants again, you guys. Welcome back to Arguments About Nothing. I'm Shelby Samsel. I'm Hannah Bennett. And just as we started to record this, my neighbors started throwing furniture. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's going on. So this is going to be your very special furniture throwing (laughs) episode of Arguments About Nothing. It's this new New York trend. You know, it used to be axe throwing. Now, apparently, it's furniture throwing. It used to be what throwing? Axe throwing. You know, it's the trendy thing down in Brooklyn to (laughs) throw axes on a Saturday. Yes, I I did know that. I thought you said ass throwing. (laughs) (laughs) I was very intrigued about this trend that I had fully missed (laughs) and wanted you to tell me all about your ass throwing escapades. Goodness, Um, what would that be? What would that even be? I don't (laughs) <laughs> I have no idea. The youth have a dance move they call throwing it back, in which you like push your butt out in uh-huh. a very smooth kind of way. Uh, so. I, I don't know. I don't know if it was just you describing it as the youth or the very <laughs> clinical description of that dance move, but. I don't know how to describe it. I mean, other than what I just said, I guess. Um, do you know what throwing it back is? Sure, sure. I okay. don't, can I do it? No. Anyway, um, so if you hear any furniture throwing in the background, if you hear any trains in the background, if you hear any other disturbances, just know we're doing our best. This guys. this is apartment living, you guys. This is this what it's all about. This is small indie niche podcasting at its not best, but pretty good. Uh, <laughs> at its at its okay. <laughs> yeah, and we're really glad you're here. We are glad you're here. And if you want us to be able to have episodes that aren't filled with train noise and the sound of screaming children from my neighbors, just uh, tell your friends. Subscribe and follow us on Instagram and help us uh, help us spread the word. And and we will eventually be able to move away from our living room couches. But in the meantime, if you've never listened to us before, Arguments About Nothing is a show in which we discuss silly hypothetical situations seriously, as if they are something, when obviously they are nothing. Uh, And if you are new here, we usually kick things off with uh, Katie's Corner. Uh, Katie is my little sister, Hannah's little sister, your little sister, she's America's little sister, we love her here, and uh, she comes up with great questions. Yeah, but she's my little sister. But anyway, so today for Kate's Corner, uh, we're actually going to do a Kate's Corner that is a Would You Still Go Out With Him? So a Would You Still Go Out With Him is uh, another segment that we do, which is very self-explanatory. We describe a man and ask, would you still go out with him? So Kate has asked today, it was a good first date, and you see a lot of potential, but he does this weird, gross, tongue-smacking thing when he eats. Do you see him again? Yeah, probably. Why? You know, I feel like I wouldn't notice, frankly. Um, I think one thing that moving in with my boyfriend has taught me is that I am pretty close to death. <laughs> <laughs> At first, by the way, at first I thought you said pretty close to death. and No, deaf, 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 deaf. Uh, I'm not dying, that I know of, at least. Shouldn't be so bold. Um, and also, we all are kind of dying, if you think no about more, it too No hard. more than usual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not faster than anyone else, I don't right, think. Right. Um, and, uh, but I would say no less than two times a week, I will shriek because my partner has entered a room (laughs) and I did not hear him coming. (laughs) Or even worse, I have entered a room in which I didn't think he was in. Oh, wow. (laughs) So he's just laying on the couch and I 
I can't explain how loud I yell. I end up seeing him on the couch. I will scream as if someone's coming at me with a knife. It is. I can't. It's. And like, we don't know what to, and my heart will race. Like, I need, I'll have to sit down because I need a minute to recover from the adrenaline It is so strange that you don't just, like, your brain doesn't fill in, oh, it must be Joe. No. I'll be looking at Joe, blood curdling, like, scream. (laughs) Like... But it's such a it's such a reaction. When, like when, when you live with somebody and you, your brain could just be like, "Oh, this human that's here is probably the other one who lives here." I don't know if it's because I've lived like alone for too long, but like sometimes I will call Joe into the room, but he'll take longer than I'm expecting. So I will have forgotten that I <laughs> called him, and then when he shows up. I will scream. Or wow. he comes faster than my brain expects. So <laughs> when he shows up, I scream. I love the idea. <laughs> that you, you call your boyfriend in, he comes in immediately, and you just scream. Yeah. <laughs> if he approaches too quietly, I will scream. <laughs> So interesting. It's also interesting to hear people's like fear reactions, right? Because I I don't scream. If I get afraid, scream like if I go silent. I can't scream. It's like noise can't come out. It's really interesting. That is very interesting. That's not my experience. <laughs> what I have learned is, and Joe, God love him, does not understand. To be fair, I don't understand. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't understand. So. <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to get him to wear a belt so I'll know where he is at all times, kind of. Um, but he says no. He thinks that's an unreasonable request. Listeners, write in and let, let me know if you think it's fair that my boyfriend wear a bell around our apartment so I stop getting so scared all the time. Yeah, I'm not going to weigh in on this one for obvious reasons. But I will say it does sound like the kind of thing you would ask me in a would you still go out with him question. <laughs> Oh my god, that should have been the would you still go out with him for this week. <laughs> if they just scream every time they you walk into a room. Or if they required you to wear a bell in your own home. I, it's like I don't have object permanence, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it wasn't developed. Um... Yeah, oh it's God. weird. It's very... Anyway, so back to the actual question. What were we even talking about? <laughs> I don't even remember. And I asked the question. And I the mouth no smacking really loudly right. when oh, he right. eats. Yes. Um, I don't think I would notice. <laughs> Clearly <laughs> because not. Because I am <laughs> oblivious when somebody walks into a room. So, so here's, here's what's interesting is normally... Shelby's like, absolutely not to these questions. And I'm always like, let's try and give him a chance. And I'm going to tell you that this time I disagree. Wow, cool. Not not only that, but I have not gone out on second dates with people because of this before. (laughs) Wow. This is like a thing, though. Like, some people are really bothered by chewing sounds and misophonia, I think is what it's called. I don't experience it. It does not bother me. It bothers me a lot. And I I think I have that like low grade misophonia because um, I'm pretty much you are 100% opposite. I'm a very auditory person and I can, any little sound wakes me up. Any little sound I notice, I can't tune out very well. It's really difficult for me to actually not hear something. And mouth sounds or really, really bad lip-smacking sounds, um, they they just grate on me. And I can't not notice them as much as I would yeah. like to. So there definitely have been people that I've gone out with and they make like really awful mouth yeah. noises. And I just, yeah. I'm like, you know what? It's not going to work out. I'm sorry. And it's nothing wrong with you at all, at all. Because I, I don't like this about myself. I hate yeah. I actually hate that I notice, and I don't it's want genetic. to be that person. But 
Yeah, it, it is it is genuinely genetic. I have a friend who has a very similar thing. Joe's pretty uh, um, sensitive to some. I don't know if chewing bothers him, but I know that, like, he it's really hard for him to tune out, like, miscellaneous noise. I am the exact opposite, that if I'm in the middle of something where I'm focused, like, nothing else exists, which is part wow. of the reason Joe startles me so much. Right. Like, I'll call him into the room, but I'll turn back to whatever I was doing, and I'm so focused on that that, like – nothing else exists, and then he taps me on the shoulder, and I scream bloody murder. Right. Uh, you know? Um, I so would I'm hear him very... I'm very tuned in to all the noises around me, so much so that I'm very observant of it. Like, I can tell which neighbor's, like, coming up the stairs, you know? Like, I don't know that I agree that it is an offense that you should break up with someone for, but I just know that it would bother me, so... I can't. Yeah, no, I think that's the thing is like, I think if this is something that bothers you, you shouldn't date someone like that. Like, I just don't think it's going to work. Like, I've known people who who have an issue with this and they dated someone who like chewed in a way that really bothered them. And it just became resentful. Like, you know, like she would have to wear headphones while they ate breakfast together. Oh, yeah. And that's not good for either of you. And, and so he would feel bad about it, and she, you know, like, she would ask, like, he would try to modulate his chewing and stuff to try to, like, make it better for her, but that's, like, unsustainable, you know? It's yeah. just It's just a, you're not compatible, and, like, that's just the reality of it. Like, you have to be able to eat around your partner without, like, strain. Right, and nobody should have to be worrying about how they're chewing while they're eating yeah you know so it's just you know it again it's not like I think there's anything wrong with the person no it's It's just just, yeah didn't start for different folks yeah like if you were meant to be together that would not be a hurdle you have to jump um I'm just saying that I'm not super auditory sensitive it's really easy for me to tune out noise I don't think I would even notice I one time had to like get out of line to get on an airplane because we were all in line to, like, get in zone whatever. Whatever, you know? yeah. And I literally left the line because the lady in front of me was, like, smacking some Smack. hard candy at such a volume that I couldn't I, – I just had to leave her presence. <laughs> so That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't have that. That would not be a thing that I would need to do. But I understand why some people would have to. This is good that I'm the one who uh, – who edits the podcast then <laughs> so it's probably a good thing yeah I was I was thinking of I will I was thinking about this while we were doing it and but you hate the sound of lip smacking and I know for a fact that both of us do that as we talk so is editing that podcast just like small torture for you I mean there once in a while I come across a noise that I cut out that is that bothers me <laughs> so but then I get rid of it So, anyway, this is the time where we would segue into a new question. And usually, Sister Katie and I are in such sync that I would be able to, like, very easily segue. But I don't have any, like, lip-smacking questions, shockingly. That's that's actually really great for me because even just having to think about it was sort of annoying me, so... Anyway, would you rather be a dragon or a unicorn? This is the kind of hard-hitting question <laughs> that I think <laughs> takes some real thought. Yeah. My my immediate gut instinct is dragon. Okay, tell me more. Just the power. This is interesting because usually Hannah is not on the side of power. No, but God, just... To be able to breathe fire, I mean, they're they're majestic, beautiful creatures, but also they can fly, and I'm really into that as as a skill, as we know. And also, they're extremely strong and usually quite rich. Although I think that is only for the super greedy dragons hoarding their gold. Um. Yes. That's interesting. I did not think about the capitalist standpoint of the animal creature and how they function in the economy. But you know they do. They they do hoard gold. You know that's like a thing. yeah. You're that's not a, that's wrong. a stereotype of dragons. Yeah. 
So they're the richer of the two options, I would say, in, uh, you know, in total. Mm-hmm. I think the ability to fly is like most of the reason why I'm into this, but also the ability to breathe fire upon my enemies <laughs> sounds sounds pretty awesome as well. I mean, a unicorn, I guess, can what, like, shiv you pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, they're just But it's also horse. pretty majestic and like very beautiful. Very beautiful and and whimsical. Yeah. The problem is I'm also strongly team dragon, so I think that this maybe isn't the best question. I have a different oh. one for you, though. I want to change it I will a say bit. I'm surprised, though, because, like, most of the times that you want to be an animal, it's like a horse. I thought oh, yeah. for sure you're going to go with unicorn. It's the power thing for me. Like, <laughs> do I want to be, like, a fire-breathing, flying dinosaur, or do I want to be a horse with a horn? Yeah, who's pretty, but kind of useless. Yeah, I I agree. So I want to switch it up a little bit. Would you rather be a dragon or a siren? Interesting. You know, like women who sing to sailors and lure them to their death. Just want to clarify for the listeners who might have thought I meant like an ambulance part. That's not. (laughs) No, no. The mythical sirens of the the Odyssey, right? And just to be clear... Uh, the lore uh, on the lore of this right sure the a siren's song can lure somebody to their death but traditionally it's luring them to their death like on the rocks at sea at sea i imagine them as like wicked mermaids like ursula yeah sort of yeah it's like basically you can get people to do your will or sort of put them in a trance or lure them to you in some way just with your voice yeah they think you're so beautiful as you're singing that they're just they will you know sail into the worst waters and drown before they'll ever reach you what i like about the dragon is that it's not necessarily murdery it's it's not by its nature murdery it's just it it could easily murder you if you decide to come and mess up my shit. If you try to steal my gold, if you try to steal my princess, I can defend myself as a dragon. But as a siren, it's like my my main purpose is mostly just to like kill the men folk. See, I don't see it that way. And I okay. think I'm gonna stake my claim as team siren. So okay. that we can disagree. Tell me why. Well, See, I believe that sirens have free will, right? So, like, I can lure people to their death if I want to, but I don't have to, you know? But just, like, there's something about being such a good singer that people will literally (laughs) die (laughs) for it uh, that is really attractive to me. There's also just something, like, very, like, female empowerment about it because like typically they only lure men to their death um so like that's really you know how last episode we made a blanket apology to all men and we said we should probably do that every episode i think now is the point at which we make a blanket apology to the men yeah i don't know there's just something like i like the fact that i would still read as human like i wouldn't be an animal that i like I thought about that. I for for a second I thought, well, you know, the benefit of being a, a siren is that you get to still be a human. You know, yeah. you get to still have basically a human body. And then I thought to myself, fuck that. I don't want a human body. I want a dragon body. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is like being a siren also I think you're supposed to be like really beautiful and that would be cool. I would love to experience that. Don't know her. Oh, yes, you do. Don't even. <laughs> That's just me fishing she's, she's for She's super beautiful. She's super beautiful, you guys. She's got these, like, piercing blue eyes looking at me right now. Got a face this for This beautiful podcast. megawatt smile. Anyway, what, I'm, what I mean to say is just, like, there's a lot of, like, feminine power that I feel like the siren represents. Like, this, like, artistic yeah. talent, feminine beauty, like, and I also am, like, into swimming like I like the ocean and stuff you know like a life on the water sounds nice I feel like they also it's kind of like an Amazonian vibe they I think 
they have like a matriarchy, right? Like they they're definitely yeah. a women's. It's all culture. about women's power. I think the lore lore of sirens is just a very feminist sort of thing. So I'm into it. I'm into powerful women, and I feel like sirens are really. I, as we're talking about this, I'm like, should I get a siren tattoo? Like that feels like really. You wow, know. that's that's a pretty deep. I mean, usually the stuff that we argue about does not inspire tattoos. No, but like so. you think about like a siren, and they're like they use their voice to like overthrow the well, they're again they're a little murdery yeah little but murdery. if you use it as a metaphor and not like as a super literal translation they're they're using their feminine voice to overthrow male power and that's pretty yes. dope metaphorically i like it a lot yeah practically yeah it gets a little murky practically um i will yeah for sure but like I don't want to be a lizard necessarily. I think being a dragon and a, a woman is the ultimate in female power. Um, so I see what you're saying uh, about the whole dragons are very powerful. I'm a female and thus if I'm a female dragon, I'm very powerful. Totally see that. Yes. However, have we considered accidentally coughing and then burning your paw? No, but... You know, and I will give you that, especially if I were to, like, turn into a dragon right now, I think there'd be quite a learning curve. Yeah. I'd probably singe myself from time to time. What I will also say is that dragons tend to be kind of isolated creatures. So, you know, it might be a slightly lonelier existence. However, I think for me, part of this is probably just aging and watch, like, feeling my body getting older and all the new aches and pains and a little scratch that used to just go away now, like, turns into a scar and a little run that used to be nothing now yeah. turns into, like, back pain. And and there's this part of me that just, like, yeah, I want to trade this frail, fragile, aging human body I want to trade it for this powerful dragon that's going to live for ages and and take no shit and not have to go to multiple doctor's appointments every year. That's fair. I Yeah, I still think I'm going to siren. Something else you mentioned, like, sirens usually travel in packs, I feel like. There's, like, often a couple of them. And so, like, maybe me singing with my girl group in the ocean... Feels like not the worst life. For a second, I thought you were going to say you were going to just start a girl band, which, I mean, if you were Sirens, that shit would blow up on TikTok. So. Yeah, for real. Also, like, if we just sang in, like, not the water, people probably wouldn't yeah. die, you know? Yeah, I mean, they might try to cross a busy street to get to you or something, I guess. Yeah, but if, I, if we did it in a safe place, it would no longer be murderous. We would just be, like, the best girl band of all time. You could totally just turn into the very the next Spice Girls. Yeah, so like this then becomes a question of like, do you want to be a dragon or a pop star? Dragon. Interesting. <laughs> uh, I'm still going silent, I think. Okay. But I, I see you and I appreciate your dragon qualities. Thank you. I, I told you all in episode four, we are all lizard. Um, would you rather go on a date with someone you didn't know was a celebrity um, so basically, like, someone who's, like, I don't know, like, Timothy Chalamet, but you've never seen a Timothy Chalamet movie, so you're just, like, or maybe you have, but when you meet him in real life, you're, like, wow, that's just, like, a really attractive man, and you don't connect the dots that this is a movie star. Like, he just doesn't look the same. Yeah. And, or someone you didn't know was a royal. So, like, the Prince of Monaco, but, like. Oh, I know. I got... I got no interest in that royal life, man. Let's say that he's not in, like, the direct line of succession. Like, maybe he's, like, a second cousin. Okay. Sort of situation. That that does make it slightly better, but... But he does have a title. Like, he's, like, a count or something. Good question. Like, he's the queen's cousin's grandson. Okay. Yeah, that makes it harder. That makes it a harder call. I think I would rather the celebrity... Than the royal. Interesting. Tell me why. Because I think both of them are going to get 
the tabloidy kind of coverage, right? Like both of them, both of them will be in the public eye. Mm -hmm. But a celebrity doesn't necessarily always have to be in the public eye. A celebrity can retire from public life or stop making movies and people forget about them and just go about and have like a real normal regular life where they're not being hounded by paparazzi all the time. Whereas I feel like with the royals, I mean, it, it would be less of a problem if they're like way out of the line of succession, but that's their whole life that you're signing up for that. They're always going to be a royal, right? Versus the other person might not always be a celebrity. The other reason I say that is because, well, two other reasons. One, if you're a celebrity because you're like an actor or something like that, I really, really like artistic people and I am drawn to, you know, I've done acting and I am drawn to artistic people and I feel like we'd have a lot to talk about and it would be fun um, and there's p- potentially like more of a more of a connection there because of the artistic connection, and it's not a life sentence. Versus a royal is just someone, and they might not have been rich their whole life. They might have had like a pretty normal life upbringing, so they don't necessarily come from money. And I feel like sometimes people who come from money can be a little twisted about money. So I have like eighty five reasons now, but. I yeah. just feel like a royal, that's their whole life. They've they've never known anything else. They never will know anything else. And they don't necessarily have anything to do with their life that's interesting beyond be rich and be a royal. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, though. Because, like, lots of people... So, this I was very strong on the side of royal until you said... Oh. Yeah, until you said um, that... Some actors don't come from money, which I will say, I think that is a minority of them, like very famous actors. Uh, I think a lot of them like have people like have connections to the industry before making it. Uh, However, I do like the idea of ending up with someone who like knows the struggle of the common man. Right. That is appealing. So but let me talk to you about why I was leaning royal and now I'm in a tailspin. So... (laughs) I am picturing this as someone who is not part of the English monarchy. Um, So from like a much smaller country and who is like not in the direct line of secession. Even just like people who are part of the English monarchy but are not part of the direct line of secession have normal jobs and have interests and like goals and passions. Um, And like have dedicated their lives to – like the the thing is like – they have a ton of money. Like, they're from the aristocrat, like, yeah. aristocrats. Um, they're part of the aristocracy. They have money at their disposal. So they've never had to worry about money. But, like, anyway, so I read about this, like, English, uh, like, cousin. Like, you know, very far removed from the line of secession. He's, like, 21. And he's, like, uh-huh. a world-class rower. And he's, like, okay. trying out for the English rowing team for the Olympics and stuff. And he's just, like, really into rowing. Which I think is, like, cool, you know? Uh, I'm not saying I would necessarily want to date that guy. But if I met a guy, I don't know. Like, I'm assuming that, I like, either guy I like as a person. And it's just, like, would I rather him be a celebrity or would I rather him be a royal? And the idea that they have, like, the wealth of a sovereignty behind them (laughs) is is alluring. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Um... It's so interesting because to me, that actually is one of the points that turns me off of it a little bit. That's interesting. Because to, it's it's like too much. It's it you're you're born with this not just silver spoon in your mouth, diamond spoon. Like you're just born with every yeah. privilege. And I feel like it it's it does something to your brain to be born with every privilege. You know what I mean? Sure. But the question here is, like, which one would you rather go on a date with? It's not like I'm necessarily marrying this man, right? Um, and I feel like it's easier to have lunch with a celebrity than it is to have lunch with a royal. You know? Like, I've <laughs> met celebrities before. I've never yeah. met a prince. <laughs> I see. So this is, like, an access thing. Like- yeah. It's like an interactive documentary, right? Like, I can sit there, ask him a bunch of questions about his childhood and what that was like, and just, like, really think about, like, ha- what the other side is like, 
You know, like I have, I don't understand. Like I've met actors before. I know what it's like to be on a movie set. Like that's not that interesting to me. I mean, it's interesting. I wouldn't turn down that date. Yeah. Like, I've never been to a coronation. <laughs> no. I, I think I was thinking of this more as like what, which one would lead to a better long-term relationship. Partnership, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if you're just thinking about one date, I totally understand that. Although I will say, if you're just thinking about like a couple of dates, actors get famous because they're hot. There's almost no chance that the person you go out with who's a celebrity is not extremely attractive and hot. Royals are very, very seldom hot in my experience. They're not famous because of their looks. And they're very often, they've got a lot of sort of um, cousins in their in their family lineage. Inbreeding <laughs> yeah. is what you're trying to say. Uh, you know, I, I just don't know that you're, you're going to end up with a, a handsome fella. Do you not think that Prince Harry is attractive? Prince Harry is attractive. Do you think Prince Charles is attractive? No. I don't even think yeah. Prince William is attractive. Not anymore. <laughs> he used to be, but... Yeah, I I definitely see what you're saying. I just... It, again, it's like the rarer thing. I think this is almost like a greater risk, greater reward sort of situation, whereas I think the reward is kind of higher if you like become a princess or something or like become a countess or something but like that. I don't I don't want that life. Do, do, oh like how God. hard is it to be a princess and all the functions and all the dinners and all the I all that like state royalty sovereignty bullshit that they have to do as part of their royal duties. Ugh I do I think not would sign do me it. up. If someone like was like came up to me and they were like, "Are you willing to throw it all away, move to a different country, and become a princess and dedicate your life to like looking beautiful and like giving speeches about children's health and stuff?" I think I'd be like, "Yeah, I'll do it." <laughs> really? Huh? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this feels very similar to me. Of like, would you volunteer to go to Mars? because you're like you're throwing your life away you're giving up all choice you're deciding that like i am gonna do this because i want to be a part of history um and it's probably not gonna be fun at times but like this is how i'm going to create a legacy and make my mark and it's going to like give me access to power and like maybe i can make a difference in like the arc of history to me, becoming a royal and going to Mars are almost the same thing, and I would do both. <laughs> I mean, to me, they're different questions, and it's not like it's not like I wouldn't necessarily like aspects of being a royal, including the the access to to the money and power. But I feel like I'd rather be the not famous girlfriend to a celebrity who can just hang and just like be their low-key, chill girlfriend, you know? Or I, I just feel like I am just not, I don't have it in me to be pretentious enough to do the royal duties. I'd be like, oh. can I wear sneakers to the ball? I'm, I'm not into that glam life at all. You bring up a good point. <laughs> and that point is footwear. Yeah. Specifically. <laughs> Shoes are key in this scenario. And what you're saying is that I would have to wear heels more than occasionally. A lot. That is the biggest hurdle for me to jump. (laughs) I I love that this is the argument. Yeah, they wouldn't make me wear heels on Mars. Yeah, I mean, there'd be other uncomfortable things if you went to Mars, but... Not more uncomfortable than heels, I think. Um, Maybe you'd get used to the heels. I mean, as, as a human, I never have, but one one can get used to heels. I think I would probably get used to the heels. I had my very first job post-graduation required all female employees to wear heels. Fuck them. Yes. I'm, I just had a very angry reaction to that. There were several days when I would have to climb up and down four flights of stairs carrying boxes up and down the stairs for like two hours. 
And I would have to be wearing heels while I did it. Well, I hate them, and I hate them on your behalf, and I'm yeah, sorry that that happened to you. It was not a great job, but I did have damn good calves, and I stopped noticing after a while. Yeah. Um, and if I'm a royal, I could just, like, have people carry me, right? That's a, is that, could I just bring that back? Just the just Cleopatra. Just thingies. Or just be like, I am a little tired. I could just be like, I am a little tired. Give me a piggyback ride. Yeah, you could could do that. Uh, You could also just employ people to rub your feet. Aren't, like, really expensive heels more comfortable than normal heels? Like, they're engineered. I would have no way of knowing this. (laughs) I've heard that they're, like, engineered in a way that, like, take the pressure off of your, like, your feet in a way that makes it feel like they are not even heels. That would make sense. I've never put heels on my feet that cost more than $50. So Yeah, same. I still think I would go for the celebrity. Although, while we are waiting for the train to pass, I another thought occurred to me, which is like, celebrities have kind of a bad track record for monogamy. Yes. <laughs> loyalty. Well, I think royals also struggle no you're right you're right <laughs> don't nece- don't necessarily think royals go without mistresses yeah okay so i'm sticking with my answer then um okay well i think we disagree um it's like graduation season people are you know graduation so i want you to think back to senior year of high school hannah do you remember her okay vaguely <laughs> vaguely she was such a dork oh my god Shelby was equal parts optimistic and sad, which is a very interesting (laughs) uh, combo. She was very sad, but very optimistic that in the future she would be less sad. That is an interesting combo. Senior year Hannah was, I, I was in pretty good spirits, I will say. Um, my parents had very recently split up, and that was the sad. But apart from that, things were going well. Oh, no. Senior year of high school was a bad time. My dad had just died. My grandfather yeah. had just died. Aww. It was a whole, it was a lot. But yeah, so, but that wasn't, I feel like, even the reason why she was sad. Just like, I feel like teenagers have lots of big emotions they don't know what to do with. Um, and I think that. 18-year-old Shelby just was, like, adrift. I skipped a lot of that. Uh, Wow. I I had very good friends that senior year of high school, and I had a good schedule. I had good teachers. I got to go to France on my French exchange. I started dating this guy that I ended up dating for six years. Senior year was great for me, apart from my parents being separated. But Wow, I love that for you. Okay, well. Yeah, it's okay. Um, so thinking back to our, uh, high school selves, would you rather have to wing a graduation speech? So like, suddenly Uh, it's uh, in the middle of the ceremony and they're like, Hannah Bennett, please take the stage to give us your address. And you're like, I did not know that I was doing this. Or, uh, would you rather wipe out? when crossing the stage to accept your diploma like fully face wipe plan. out wipe <laughs> out oh god the other one is just too much of a nightmare i because one is one you can just chalk up to clumsiness and yes it's embarrassing but you can just be like oh tripped on my rope whatever the other it it's like there's high expectations that you prepared something but you didn't which means that you're failing at something you're supposed to be good at and you know and nobody ever thought I was good at walking or any physical activity (laughs) but people thought I was good at public speaking in high school um I spoke at my graduation I was the voice of the student body um yeah I was so um was your speech optimistic or... Oh, yeah. I mean, Shelby okay. was sad, but she was very optimistic. She very much <laughs> believed in the future and hard work and, like, you know, 
rough patches were happening, but she believed that with enough like gusto and gumption, you could get to the other side and that, you know, life was what you made it. And yeah, my parents framed that speech. I don't know what happened to it, but it was all about like, you know, community and we did this together and like we all played our role and like we beyond our grades, we learned from each other and now we're like going into the world and let's keep those memories and uh, lessons in our hearts and help them to take on the goals of our future and yada, yada, yada. It, it was a, like an okay speech. Um, yeah, sounds great. Thank you. I, I don't really remember it. It was over 10 years ago. Uh, but that was like the gist. You know, it was a graduation speech. Your, your typical graduation speech. It yeah. had some jokes in it and stuff like that. Um, I think I... Uh, I'm com- I would do the Wong It speech. Oh, oh, God. I cannot think of anything worse than that. Yeah, I know. I, I took improv lessons with you, so I do <laughs> recognize. <laughs> and that sounds like... And that I do not like not being prepared. Yes. Yeah, well, that sounds like a sick burn, um, and I don't mean it that way, because I thought Hannah was very good at improv. I just also know that Hannah was like a nervous wreck after every improv class <laughs> because she would just beat herself up because she didn't feel prepared, which is like the opposite of improv. <laughs> the fact that you're making me think about our improv class right now is making me anxious. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, and like on the fl- Hannah and I have very different approaches to improv where I don't care and thus I the less you care the better you are at improv you know Uh you're so I feel like I just am very extroverted I feel very like eloquent in the moment I just feel it would probably be a very short speech because I wouldn't have a lot to say but I think I could, you know, put something together that wasn't embarrassing. It probably wouldn't be the best speech of all time. I don't think I would be, I don't know if anyone would come up to me crying afterward, like, that really moved me, but I don't think I would embarrass myself. Whereas I don't think you walk away from face planting (laughs) um, on a stage floor in front of all of your peers without at least a bruised ego. And more bruises, I'm sure. Yeah, and actual physical bruises. What, you know, what I will say is that at this point in my life, if I had to suddenly put a, a speech together like that at the last minute, I think I could. And I don't, I don't think it would give me as much, it, I don't think it would be quite as hard for me as improv because yeah. in improv, you're supposed to be entertaining and funny, yeah. right? Whereas a graduation speech, you, you've heard enough of them. You can talk about being optimistic about the future. Yeah. I think I could do that, but I was trying to put myself in 17, 18-year-old mindset. And back then, I didn't have the experience and I didn't have quite the confidence. Um, and I didn't have as much time public speaking under my yeah. belt. So I think that would have been yeah. just a nightmare. I also have to say, I went to a tiny-ass school. So I think part of this is like the... Uh, the audience that I would have been speaking to would probably be significantly smaller than the audience that you would be speaking to. Because, like, you had, like, 300 kids in your graduating class. I had, like, 62. Right. So, like, obviously there would be family. So I think, like, I would be addressing probably a crowd that is, like, one-third to one-sixth the size that yeah. you would be addressing at your high school. So that also plays a role. I will also say my senior year of high school, I was president of my school. There were many times when I was required to address the school yeah. in assembly and stuff. And it, like not necessarily have a speech prepared, but just be like, welcome everyone to like there was like a welcome assembly that I had to like introduce new students at there was you know like various times throughout the year where I had to speak to the whole school so I think it would have been fine yeah also my school system like we only had one elementary school and one middle school so I had known everyone in my class since I was five so it like I think it would have been a lot lower stakes 
I had a bigger class. I was confident in my own abilities. You know, I was a good <clears throat> student and I had good friends, but I did but I had a kind of a small group of friends and yeah. I wasn't popular by any stretch of the imagination. And I was way more shy. Um, yeah. Just socially just didn't have any social confidence. So it would have just, yeah. And I, I do think it would be a nightmare to face plant in front of everyone. But I think you can just be like, listen, your foot hit a snag. That's it not, it happens. You know, it happened to Jennifer Lawrence. It could happen to me. So I didn't. Oh, okay. I was like, when did that happen to Jennifer Lawrence? But now I Oscars, remember. Oscars, right? Yeah, okay. she was going to set. I like. I forget because she was going up the stairs, so it yeah. doesn't look as drastic as just like falling <laughs> down. <laughs> um, anyway, should we go to our uh, "Would you still go out with him?" real segment? I think so. So, our "Would you still go out with him?" this time is you've been dating this guy for like a month. Maybe a month and a half. Really like him. Things are going super well. Like, just your dream guy. Just like... But you learn when you... He let you come over to his apartment. You have dinner. You have some fun. Life Mm -hmm. is good. It's getting kind of late. You know, like, you're getting tired. You're assuming you're going to sleep over. Maybe, probably for the first time. Okay. And they drop this bomb on you. They can't sleep in the same room as another human they just can't love it sign me up sign me up we have already discussed how i cannot help but to hear everything oh my god shelby when i i dated this guy for six years we lived together after we broke up he called me one day and he was like i shouldn't say this but he was like i'm not sleeping well without you and i was like I have never slept better in my whole life. <laughs> I don't have anyone making noise, snoring, moving around, waking me up. Like, listen, old couples, they tend to end up sleeping in different beds because they have to get up and go to the bathroom all the time. And they they just don't want to wake each other up and stuff. If he's down for we're in bed together and we can cuddle together and we can do everything. But when it's time to sleep, he just goes into his own bedroom and he sleeps there and I sleep here. Fine. Great. No snoring. Nobody's stealing my covers. No soggy, damp sheets. No anybody waking up saying weird things in the middle of the night because they talk in their sleep. None of that. Okay. I'm good. So let's assume you live in New York City, though, and there's no second bedroom. There would be a second bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys just started dating. He doesn't have a second bedroom. I mean. So either you have to sleep on the couch or you have to leave. Or he can sleep on the couch. It's his problem. (laughs) (laughs) But he can't, like, if he can't sleep with another person in the room, I don't think he can sleep on the couch. I could sleep in his bed and he could sleep on the couch. No, but I'm saying his his sleep problems are so bad that he, like... He has set up his bedroom in a very specific way so that he can sleep. And no other room is optimized for sleeping in that way. I think at this point, it becomes a question of how far away do you live from me? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I would definitely not date this dude. This is so shocking to me. (laughs) Why not, Shelby? Because I like sleeping next to my partner. It poses real issues if we need to travel, you know? Like, if you are such a sensitive sleeper that you can't sleep when another person's in the same room, not even the same bed, in the same room with you, we would have to get two hotel rooms anytime we traveled. Yeah. I mean, that, that sucks. The room thing is more than just not sleeping in the same bed. That's true. Yeah, it's like we can't be in the same room. That feels crazy to me. I feel like I would have to really walk on, like, because then I would be nervous about, like, going to the bathroom in the middle of the night or, like, you know, just, like. Well, if he's in his own room, that's that's what he's doing is he's keeping from hearing that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't I just know that, like, in my apartment now, 
it's like the, all of the rooms are close enough together and the walls are not so thick that you can't hear creaking on the, the floor and stuff when people move around. Despite the fact that I can't hear those things and I'm terrified by my partner all the time, someone who is very sensitive could hear those things, you know? Yeah. I think I just have more empathy for this guy not being able to sleep through other people's noise because I have this problem a little bit. Although I I want to say for the record, I came down really hard like this is great for me. I won't say it's my preference. It's not great for me. I prefer to sleep in the same bed with my partner. I want to put that out there for the record in case there are any, um, you know, potential potential suitors suitors waiting uh you know people who are celebrities but or pretend royals. not to be celebrities or royals who are just waiting to scoop me up yeah i i would prefer to sleep in the same bed as my partner obviously i'm just saying i have a lot of empathy for that problem yeah so i i don't think I would judge them or have a problem with it. And also, I think I would sleep better. So Yeah. See, I don't have, like, a personal problem with it. Like, it doesn't, like, offend me. I don't think they're a bad person. I just think it would, like, not jive with my lifestyle. Like, I really like to wake up next to my partner. That feels, like, really nice to me. I kind of like sleeping next to someone. Like, I've gotten used to it at this point. Like, it feels nice. But to me, it's more the travel issue because travel is such a big part of my life that if you have to, like, have your own private room. I think this would be a problem for me at, like, family gatherings where we all get a big beach house and to have to get a separate whole room when there's only 12 rooms available, you know, I think that could be problematic. And it would be problematic traveling if we were, like, if we were in Ireland, you know, and it was because they, they have pretty small little places there and they might not have lo- multiple rooms available for the night or something. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I can sure. see that. But if everything else about this guy was wonderful and lovely and perfect and great, this is not the thing that would end it for me. I think it would be a deal breaker for me. I think I just like, I would be like, you're a great guy. We're just not compatible because like, I, because I also think about like camping, like if you can't be in the same room as other people while you're sleeping, I don't get his own tent. He could get his own tent, but like, I think he's gonna be bothered by like the critter noises and like, you know, well, yeah, but but some of this is just his cross to bear. Like some of this is just He's got to find his own way to get through the world with his, like, sleep issues slash auditory issues. I'm sure he's got noise-canceling things. Like, I have a really hard time sleeping camping. I have, I really do because I'm so, I pick up on noises yeah. so much. So it's, if it's not very quiet, like, if we're in a campground where there's other people and there's outside noises, I do not sleep very well. Or if I'm in a camper with other people and every time somebody gets up to go to the bathroom, it shakes the whole camper, I barely sleep. I still go camping because I love going camping and I love spending time with people and I just sleep really poorly for a few days. Like, that is an option for him. He can just sleep poorly sometimes. Yeah, I just... I, well, it also says to me that, like, the first time I want to spend the night, he's like, no, you have to either sleep on the couch or leave. Says to me that he's, like, not willing to have a bad night of sleep. Just that one, like... Well, it depends on, it depends on the circumstances for me. Like, how gentlemanly is he? Is he like, I'm going to sleep on the couch and you can sleep in my bed? Or is he like, you know what, before we even get into things, I just want you to know I have this sleep issue, so... I understand if you want to go ahead and leave now so you can get back to your place. Or maybe he lives really close to me and it's he'll walk me home. Yeah. You know, like if if he's gentlemanly about it. Yeah, I I mean, I, I totally see what you're saying. I just feel like it would just like I to me, it just feels like he's not a guy who roughs it. And I really like a guy who roughs it. I want a partner who I can sleep in the same bed with. And if that's not going to be you. Yeah, that it's just a deal breaker for me. Like it just like it makes me think you're not going to want to take the same kinds of vacations that I do. It feels like every vacation we take is going to be taxed a little bit because we have to get a separate room. And even if he like absorbed that cost, it wouldn't be the that's not the kind of 
vacation I want where my partner leaves <laughs> yeah. at night and I don't wake up to, with them in the morning. You know, like that. I like the thing of seeing my partner sleeping when I wake up and like sneaking out of bed to go make them tea. You know, like, I don't know. That would, that would just be sad to me. So I just don't think I could do it. I wonder how much of this is because my previous partner had terrible, like, sleepwalking issues. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, crazy shit he used to do. I woke up in terror on multiple occasions when he was screaming and yelling. Or one time, uh, <laughs> one time I woke up because I heard what sounded kind of like a tinkling noise and... I looked at the edge of the bed and there was a dresser drawer right at the edge of the bed. And on top of my dresser, I had my jewelry box and I woke up to see him at the edge of the bed, slowly taking every piece of jewelry one by one out of my jewelry box. And doing what with them? Just like putting them on the dresser? Putting them on the dresser. But how fucking creepy is that to wake up you hear it sounds like someone's robbing you well it is it's your boyfriend he's slowly taking everything out of your jewelry box and then and so he would do that and then just get back into bed i would just be like hey come on (laughs) like yeah so then he would go back to sleep and then that morning i woke up and he had taken all of my picture frames and turned them face down (laughs) he used to do creepy shit like that was he possessed that's so terrifying. So scary, right? When you said you heard a tinkling sound, I thought you were going to say he was like peeing into a dresser oh. drawer. No, no, it wasn't that. But one time I woke up because he was waving his hand frantically right over my face. Like crazy, like back and forth, right like inches above my nose. Did you hear and- about how, do you know who Micro? oh yeah, you know who Micro Biglia is. We went to that show together. We went obviously. and saw the show together, yes. So you do know about how he slept walked out of a second story window. Uh-huh, a La Quinta Inn, and he jumped out of the window because he thought he was a spy. Yeah, uh, my, boy- my ex-boyfriend used to do stuff like that. The time when he was waving his hand frantically over my face, I asked him in the morning, like, what were you doing? And he goes, I was having a dream that you had bugs all over your face. That's crazy. That's, wow. No wonder you slept so much better when he was not in the room. (laughs) Well, yes. But I, I still think in general, maybe I was a little scarred by that experience. But in general, I think that wouldn't be the deal breaker. Interestingly, you could not sleep next to me my whole life and I'd be fine with it, but make weird mouth sounds at me too much. <laughs> and we're you know, done. We, all have, we all have our things. Yeah, it's true. Um, so tell me about your hypothetical world with this uh, really quiet man. He's a quiet man. He doesn't make weird mouth, mouth sounds. We both have misophonia, apparently. So yeah. actually, you know what? He sleeps in his own room because I'm a dragon. <laughs> I have a nightmare. He's toast. So literally, literally toast. toast. Yeah, that's so h- hilarious. And you uh, fell down at your high school graduation. Makes sense, though. I was dragon. It's a very small stage. <laughs> well, thinking about mine, because I am a siren, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting that I picked the guy who chews loud. It's interesting to me that as a dragon, I'm bothered by mouth sounds. <laughs> yeah, as a siren, I think it's kind of endearing that this man makes such bad noises because I can only make beautiful ones. And uh-huh. I've chosen to use my siren ability not to murder men, but to become a pop star. It's yes. also cool because the guy who makes weird noises with his mouth, also a royal. So... I am a, I'm basically like, kind of like Posh Spice if she had landed a prince. Yeah. Yeah, that is exactly what you are. And I gave that speech at my high school graduation. Which, which again, as a siren. Yeah. I just sang a little bit and people were. You it was know, the best graduation ab- speech anyone's ever heard. Cheers abounded because my yeah. voice is just like honey. Here's, I mean, listen, you're like a pop star with kind of superpowers with a royal boyfriend and just not bothered by mouth sounds. And it's great. 
Yes, yeah, this great. is honestly the best hypothetical world we have ever come up with. I thought when I was writing these questions, they were a little bland, but they really worked out for me in a way I wasn't expecting. They worked out really well for you. I think I'm I'm a slightly clumsy dragon uh, who. That feels on. Uh, that feels on. It's brand. on brand. It is on brand. <laughs> Frankly, I feel like you should write that comic book. <laughs> the clumsy female dragon. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm already writing it in my head. So I, love that um, for you. I think it's it's still a good world. It's maybe not quite as cool as yours, but yeah. it's still pretty good. Um, well, listeners, please tell us about your hypothetical world by messaging us on Instagram at arguments about nothing or sending us a message at arguments about nothing at gmail.com. If you have questions you'd like us to answer on the show, you can feel free to leave, uh, tell us that there as well. And we'd like to thank Allison Fields for designing our logo. And we would like to thank all of you for joining us for this latest episode of Arguments About Nothing. Uh, And until next time, keep fighting.